and welcome to Stories, a Stark Friends podcast, where we pick a theme and we each tell a story. At the end, you get to vote with us to pick the best story. Whoever gets the most votes gets to pick the next theme. Our current theme is shipwrecks, chosen by our winner, Buddy. This is Hannah, and I'm introducing Noah, and Noah's going to talk about the Edmund Fitzgerald. Right? Remix. What? 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 Apparently oh, wait, it's a they, song. They can't see me bopping my head to it. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of um, doing the, my episode, I'm going to He's have Buddy just song? insert the seven minute song. <laughs> so I'd never, uh, about I didn't, this topic. I'd never it's, heard of this song before. See, that's funny because I knew the song and my, I was talking to a buddy of mine. And he said, you should do that one. And I was like, well, that's not a real one. He said, yeah, <laughs> Is it I like, um? I was like, no, by it's Gordon a, Lightfoot. It's a song by Gordon is Lightfoot. It a and he's sea, like, a sea yeah, shanty? based on a real story. And I was like, oh, it happened in your state. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it did not. It happened in my state's area. <laughs> but the downeaster Alexa. Wait, it happened in Michigan. It happened in the Great Lakes. It oh happened, dang! Yeah, but they were traveling from Wisconsin, so like, we'll get to that. I don't know that. That's really cool. Well, I'll have to. I'll have to look. I don't remember exactly where it is. It was on Lake Superior. So, um. In the year of our Lord, 1958 was when, well, so that's not when this this takes place, but that's when the the boat was actually designed and constructed. Sorry, ship. It is a ship. It is not a boat. Mine's probably Um, a boat. I'm on a boat. And? And? uh, So this is interesting. The Edmund Fitzgerald was named Mm -hmm. after... Edmund Fitzgerald? Uh, a man named Edmund Fitzgerald. Weird. Ed- Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> um, who was, would you all like to guess who this fellow was? A rich guy? He was the president of Northwestern Mutual, which was an a bank. insurance company in Milwaukee. Oh, I was close. Uh, so they actually invested in the iron and mineral industry on a huge basis. Okay. Um, which led to them constructing the Edmund Fitzgerald, which is the first investment made by an American life insurance company. Shocking, because that doesn't really seem to go together very well. Um, And so part of what's interesting about this ship is that they made it, at the time, the maximum length, like the maximum size they could make it, which I believe at that time was... Uh, 730 feet long. This is in the 1950s? Yes. Okay. So it's pretty, I mean, it's big. I mean, you look at it, it doesn't look like a, a wide ship, but it look. I mean, it just looks really long. It looks like a huge canoe, basically. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it was primarily designed to, you know, haul, uh, you know, minerals and stuff like that. Um, okay. And, you know, it did it for, for several years, but we're going to fast forward to its final voyage, mm. um, okay. which was in the year of our Lord, 1975. Is that the one where it wrecked? Yes, that was the, that was the one where it wrecked. You yeah, I guess wrecked. none of ours can really have that surprise of endings. Although buddies did. Nobody died. No one died. And mine um, kind of did. He didn't die. And all, his all his friends didn't. did. So the final voyage began yeah. in November of 1975. Um, it started in Wisconsin. Uh, Captain Ernest McSorley loaded uh, the <laughs> ship with 26,000 tons 
of taconite pellets, mm-hmm. which is made of iron ore that's been heated and rolled into marble-sized balls. Okay. Um, so they departed um, Superior at around 2.30. Um, at that point, they were joined by uh, a second freight ship um, called the Arthur M. Anderson, All right. which um, was captained by uh, Captain Cooper, which I thought was funny because of Anderson Cooper. <laughs> so the ship's called the Anderson. He's called <laughs> Cooper. Very funny. Isn't that something? <laughs> it's that's not the only reason why we're gonna talk about him, but just felt like it was necessary. Um, so the Fitzgerald, um, being faster, took the lead, which is kind of why this and this is kind of important for the the concept of the story, not concept okay. for the whatever. I'm not cry. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to say much because I actually know a fair bit about the Edmund Fitzgerald. Just because is it because you know the song? My own no, I. I there is, and I don't want to. I don't want to take no thunder, but there is a very interesting phenomena involved with this shipwreck. No, and, and so I, I honestly, when we get to that part, I'd be we'll more than happy there. for you to jump in because you I, would. So I'm I tried for the to do that on Eight Men Out, and you, I got yelled at. Yeah, because <laughs> I knew that very well inside out. But it's called a collab, and all the greats do it. <laughs> oh, so I do this thing when Amber and I are listening to songs in the car. Mm-hmm. And if they're really repetitive, I'll like do the first part and point at her to do the next part. <laughs> and so Does there's a like song that? by Twenty One Pilots that just came out a couple months ago, um, where they're listing days of the week and what they're gonna do on those days of the week. That sounds fun. And so I list part of it and then I point at her for the day. <laughs> uh-huh. Bless you. And she would intentionally do the wrong day, and or she would like not saying it. And I would She's be like, chaos. "What are you doing?" And at the end of it. I was like, this is why we will never collab. This is why you do <laughs> Because you just will not. This is, this is Our highly sought after day. collaboration will never be. Yeah, one of us is obnoxious. The other is tone deaf. I don't know. But can you have a baby someday? Can you yeah. do that kind of collab? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it's uh, if it's got best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds. <laughs> um, so what's interesting um, is that the weather conditions were bad, right? I mean, they 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 weren't smooth. Otherwise, this wouldn't have you know, not, there wouldn't be a story. But the weather forecast wasn't unusual for this time of year, um, so it was hard for them to predict the storm that was going to appear. Okay. Um. So what ended up happening uh, was as the weather condition conditions started to deteriorate, um, there had you know there were gale warnings. Um, that had been issued throughout the day. Uh, and the storm, as, it, as you started getting to 7 p.m., um, started to get worse and worse uh, into the evening, into the night. Um, with the conditions um, as they were, the winds were gusting to 50 knots. Uh, and uh, 50 knots and 12 to 16 feet apart, um, which is, you know... I don't know much about Me the sea, so I have to just, there, you know, this information, I have to say, oh, that's something. The sea? That's, that's 50 could be a big number. That's a lot, yeah. or Tw- a little. 12 Smaller that's, than 100, maybe that's even half certainly not 13 to 15 feet. Depending I mean, on the nominal let me tell you. ratio interval so, aspect. Um... 
So what's interesting is that both of these pilots, um, or both these captains had piloted their vessels in very similar conditions throughout their career. So this was not that abnormal, especially for this time of year. Um, so they, uh, oh, I lost my place on my notes. Um, oopsies. I made a poopsies. Um... So, Captain Cooper, uh, when asked about it, uh, said that he was watching them pass uh, just way too close to this, the, to the uh, coast of an island called uh, Caribou Island. Um, he said he could clearly see that the ship and the beacon on Caribou uh, were, on the, were on the radar set, and he could measure the distance between them. Um, and he said that they were passing way too dangerous, like, or way too uh, close to the, the shallow water. Um, at this time, they were noticing um, snow and rising spray. Uh, by 3.30 the next day, um, uh, things were starting to get even worse. Um, let's see. Uh, they were in constant communication that whole time. Um, I'm sorry, which see. lake was this? Uh, Superior. Lake Superior. Okay. Um yeah, and so in the afternoon, this is what's interesting. You know, they were they're in constant communication. Um, the Fitzgerald uh, was concerned about navigational information, but uh, according to Captain Cooper, nothing extraordinarily alarming uh, from their reports uh, that were offered. Um, at about five twenty, uh, the crest of of a wave smashed the Anderson starboard lifeboat, making it unusable. Mm. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't good, obviously. Um, <laughs> they felt a bump and felt the ship lurch, and then turned to see this huge wave. Um, and from there, that's where it kind of starts to take a downturn. Um, I think it's after that moment, uh, after that huge wave, they weren't able to see the Fitzgerald anymore, and they're like, "Okay, where did it go?" Oh no! Um, which is kind of nuts. That's scary. Right. Because, like I said, they, it's a you know, huge boat, and so they were, they were in constant communication. So they figured everything was fine, and so mm-hmm. like they were slowly losing sight of it. But then after like some of this bad weather started to hit, they couldn't find them, they couldn't see them, and then they couldn't hear any communications from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it go under? So we'll get there. Ah. Does this story involve a shipwreck? Yeah, where is it? I'm trying to establish that there was some... Okay, you know what? Yeah, there was a shipwreck. Fine. <laughs> Which one? The, Funny. The Fitzgerald. The Fitzgerald wrecked. Um, and what's interesting is that... What really, truly makes this story fascinating, because what I've done so far is not really give you any fascinating details, um, <laughs> is that there's a lot of discrepancy from people that I think we would call experts in the field as to oh. what specifically happened. But that you wanted weird. to say some stuff, so let me actually, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you've, um... A collab! Yeah, yeah so I, I read about the Fitzgerald several years ago, um, when this finally, it, it wasn't until, like, the, there's a, there's a theory for a long time, for like, for, for 50 years, I mean, basically since the, since the time of the wreck and other wrecks, that there is something, and this is in the Great Lakes, but there's also this theory for the ocean as well, that there is something called a rogue wave. Yeah. Um, and a rogue wave is defined as a wave that is at least 
twice or more the height of the average wave at the time. And so, we don't know why they happen? Well, so for a long time, just because of wave mechanics, I mean, people would study wave mechanics and they would, and models would suggest that this could potentially happen. Mm. Um, but for a long time, most scientists thought that it, it would happen so rarely as to be virtually inconsequential, that like no one would ever like in a, in a million years actually encounter one of these things. Wait. Well, so I forgot to mention, I was going to say, before we get into it, I, I did forget to mention that, yeah, the ship went under and it was found in two pieces. Um, yeah, just completely Ooh. split in half. No crew were um, recovered. Everyone oh my died. Gosh, and, so and they there was all twenty, to all twenty-nine crew members. Dead. So they make boats to handle the regular waves, and they don't factor in rogue waves, right? And so mm. boats are made for a certain amount. And also, I mean, if with the Fitzgerald and with several other wrecks out in the ocean, it's this weird anomaly where there was no mayday, like there was no call. It just um, like went down. It just suddenly the ship did not exist. Um, and That's so crazy. rogue waves is this idea that, you know, with the, with the right interaction between two relatively normal waves to begin with, you can get a particularly really nasty wave that's way bigger than anything else. Um, and <laughs> it was it was generally thought of as a myth, um, kind of like uh, giant squids were thought of as a, as a myth oh, for a long wow. time. Um, until about 2012, when I think it was new radar satellites came on, and we started seeing these things fairly regularly in the ocean, oh um, and we started actually taking these things seriously. So, did did the <coughs> did the people drown, or did something else kill them? Like, why didn't they see people in the water? Well, the ships were fairly far apart at that point. Yeah, oh. so the they don't the really way. know what happened. So they couldn't get to anybody if they tried to survive. They they tried to, but they couldn't find anything. Mm. Right. So, um, yeah, that happened in 1976. In 1977, uh, the Coast Guard released its official report, um, which says, and I quote, while the Coast Guard, uh, no, that's not it. That's not a quote. Um, that's the end of the quote. Uh, the most, <laughs> this is the quote, the most probable cause of the sinking of the SS Edmund Fitzgerald was the loss of buoyancy and stability resulting from massive flooding of the cargo hold. The flooding of the cargo oh. hold took place through ineffective hatch closures as boarding seas rolled along the spar deck. So they were saying it was like a problem that the crew did? Yeah. Initially, right. they thought that they left hatches open during the storm and it flooded. That is, and so that's, that's the coast. They had such a heavy load. Is, okay. you know, I would argue uh, pretty knowledgeable. Sure. Because um, they good, probably, that was also, they didn't know what else could have happened. Right. That was also right. 1977. Yeah. But in that same year, the Lake Carriers Association vigorously disagreed with that analysis. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, Why? Because they um, they didn't like that they were putting it on basically uh, the lack of attention to properly close the hatch. And they were like, um, crew people would have been more professional. Exactly. Than that? Right. So they actually issued a letter to the Transportation um, Safety Board. Um, and because uh, they were inclined to accept that the Fitzgerald passed over um, the 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 shoal area that I mentioned, and yeah, that, that, that and that and that and that damaged it, the like, boat. Yeah. Um. So there was there have been a lot of conflicting theories about it, and I think the rogue wave hypothesis is one that um, uh, most people subscribe to. Um, and nowadays, yeah. Yeah, because so then the you know the cargo hold is the one that the uh, uh, the, the Coast Guard came up with. You know the sh the shoaling hypothesis is just the one based upon uh, Captain Cooper's um, mm. uh, 
uh, recount of the of the story of uh, what happened. So, like, there were two boats, and just one boat happened to hit the bad wave. No, actually, both hit the bad wave. Both hit the bad wave, right? Oh. And it hit the Anderson like five minutes before it hit the um, the Fitzgerald. And I think if you go back and if you look at the Anderson report, the Anderson uh, crew said that like we were like tilted fifty degrees after that wave. Like we were almost yeah. capsized. Right. Mm. Right. So I mean, it was definitely bad. Wow, um, that's crazy. There's also, yeah. for rogue waves, there is, nowadays it's not debated. Nowadays we just know that they definitely happen in our thing. Right. Um, and there was an episode of Deadliest Catch, um, season two, I'll look it up, where you can actually see a rogue wave hit a ship, and it because they've got cameras all, obviously it's a TV show, and it is bonkers. Like, everything just goes black. It's crazy. The ship went down? No, it didn't sink, but um, it like it again. It tilts like fifty mm, degrees. That's scary. It's it's insane. I'll see if I can find the right episode. Wow, that's nuts. So when was the song written? Is that what made it famous? I don't know if that's what made it famous, but um, I, he wrote it in nineteen seventy six. Oh, like the year it happened. The year it happened. Yeah, and so actually, it's an interesting story. Um, he was he was telling it on NPR in 2015 um, that he was inspired to write the song because in a uh, I think it was a newspaper article they misspelled Edmund. Um, uh, it's it's E D M U N D and they spelled it with an O E D M O N D and he was just like he felt like it really it's it's it seems funny but it, he felt like it really dishonored the you know the deaths of the twenty the twenty nine yeah. crewmen who died. On it, yeah. Um, like and the you very least we could do is spell the, the sh- you know the ship's name right. It makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, they were actually on their way to Detroit with that. Um, so mm. it happened kind of right in our backyard growing up. I honestly didn't realize that the Great Lakes were so dangerous. I just thought they were. Yeah, lakes. same, right? For anyone who's interested, uh, I, I believe it's season two, episode four. But if you do a Google search for. Um, Deadliest Catch season two Rogue Wave. Uh, I guess I Discovery. Watch this now. Yeah, Discovery Channel has a clip of it. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's a it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty mm-hmm. sad event. Um, so have fun recapping that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is sad. There's I mean, there's a lot more yeah, because this is like one of the I mean, this is I think the most popular shipwreck to happen in the great lake region so like here it's pretty big um yeah well i mean if there's a song about it right which i had never heard of yeah i mean he's from ontario which Mm. is also near the great lakes yes it is because geography (laughs) (sighs) i'll have to listen to it when we're done yeah all right well um if you you want people to vote for you if you want to uh I'll do my NPR voice. If you would like to uh, reach out to us, we are <laughs> on Facebook. You can check us out at our Star pretty good. fan page. Uh, you can also email us at starkfriendspodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to reach out to us at Twitter, you can reach our Twitter handle at starkfriends. Maybe. And vote for, for me, even though I had to ride Buddy's coattails for this episode. <laughs> No, you didn't. The own topic that I picked. It was a nice collab. Um, a nice collab. Be careful. So if you win, you take your cabbages. If you win, then you and Buddy have to pick the theme together. Yeah, we'll pick. We'll pick our, our theme. 
Do I have to say, be careful where you take your no. just in this voice again? No. Should I just whisper like this to I hate it. Better, you know? No.